0: listening to Wood Talk Online, a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers. Now here are your hosts, Mark Spagnolo and Matt Vanderlis and maybe somebody else.
1: Welcome to Wood Talk Online, episode 21 for November 1st, 2007. I'm Mark Spagnolo,
0: And I'm Matt Vanderlist. And you know what? Let's get this right out of the way, Mark, because I know I'm going to forget it before the end of this. Of course, I forget everything. If you have a question, comment, some great feedback, Maybe it's not some great, uh, not so great feedback. Uh, you know what? Just drop us a line. You can email us at, woodtalkonline at gmail.com or if you want to get your voice literally heard and mm-hmm. we can leave us a message at 623-242-2450. Right. Wait, no, is it literally or figuratively? I can never keep those ones straight.
1: I would say literally in that case. But yeah. uh, we've got a very impromptu sort of uh, unexpected show today. We we weren't really planning on having a full uh, a show and we realized, looked at the date and said, you know what, we've got some stuff to give away. So we better get on the horn and uh, get this stuff recorded for people. So, Absolutely. Uh, yeah, it's going to be a short form show. We're going to grab maybe one email each completely randomly from our email box. So that should be funny. Um, yeah. <laughs> and uh the most important thing we want to do today is select our winners. So, uh right. yeah. So if you if you guys are uh ready, do do we want to do the winners after the emails or um before? Um, yeah.
0: I, I make them I, I think everybody should have to wait. You know, patience is a virtue. So I think they they need to learn it cuz I ha- I I absolutely have none of it. So I like to make people suffer <laughs> right. and wait till the end. <laughs> as if they as
1: if they have absolutely no control to fast forward, but we'll uh we'll operate yeah. under that illusion.
0: Yeah, exactly. Let, <laughs> let's right. give it a shot. <laughs> so, what
1: do you think? You want you want to take the first one? This is kind of scary.
0: Okay. Yeah. Let's let's see what we can do. I think I am gonna I'm gonna be really uncreative and uh, go with the <laughs> the first one that I see right here, which I think was the most recent one that came in. Okay. Which was from uh, John and Marysville, uh, Washington. Okay. And he says, hey, uh, "Hi, Matt. Lucky. Hi, Mark. He just I'm sent probably... it in, and he's getting it answered right now. Yeah, it was one day ago. That's kind of unfair, oh, huh?" That That is, but you know what? We're free-forming it, so <laughs> right. fairness goes right out the window, man. Shooting from the hip, shooting from
1: the hip. All right, go
0: ahead. All right. So, hi, Matt. Hi, Mark. I finally got my table saw tuned up and I'm ready to graduate from making toothpicks. I recently picked up some bubanga, some coca bola, some purple heart, and some maple from my newly found heaven on earth, the Rockler store in Seattle. Nice. Now, my, my, yeah, I I don't even have anything close to that around here. I think the best (laughs) I could do for almost exotic is like pulling something off my neighbor's limb. That would be about (laughs) it. (laughs) All right. So, let's see here. We have uh, my question is do you have any special tips on cutting these types of wood, such as are they prone to splintering, et cetera. And have you noticed if any of these require extra special preparation prior to finishing? I read somewhere that coca bola was an oily wood and can be difficult to glue. Does this also affect the finish? One last point. Do you recommend a book or a resource that provides this type of information on assorted woods? Keep up the great wood. uh, Great work. Cheers. John Marysville, Washington. Keep up the great wood. (laughs) Yeah. Keep up the great wood. I try, but, you know, we'll refer back to that uh, Viva Las Vegas from last week. (laughs) (laughs) That does help, I guess. Right. Yeah. So let's see here. Uh, Lots of questions in this one. Yeah, and you know what? I hate to say it, but I, I can barely pronounce bubanga and coca bola. Do I even say those right? Is that uh, the right way you say?
1: That's close enough. Yeah, as far as I'm oh. concerned. Hey, I might even say I'm wrong. What the hell do I know? Um,
0: yeah, that's. Yeah. Uh, I do have the the West Michigan accent. All right, East Michigan. <laughs> Wait, West. Yeah, East. Whatever.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Whatever you say, Matt. Um, all right, so so you don't have a whole lot of experience with the exotics then.
0: Right, okay. I I have a little experience with the maple. I think he mentioned that, but yeah, the the exotics. I I do know that there is some, there there can be that the oily effect. After all, that's yeah. why it's important to kind of wipe a few them down. But on um, which ones, not quite so certain. Sure.
1: <laughs> yeah. Now the thing with the exotics is you do have to do a little research. The best thing to do, I mean, Google is packed with information. We have forums full of people who ask these same questions all the time. So. The easiest thing to do, I mean, aside from what we're going to tell you today, the easiest thing to do is just Google it. So if you think there may be a finishing problem or uh, you know something an exotic that has too much oil, just type that into Google. You know, oil oily problems, bolo, you know, or finishing problems, bolo, and you'll be amazed at how many forum entries and articles you're going to find on that exact topic. Um, Absolutely. Yeah, you know, same thing with gluing problems, uh, difficulty gluing bolo and see what happens. Um, so that that's the easiest way for you to be self-sufficient and find everything you could possibly need on those uh, topics. Now I will say just from my experience, bubinga, uh, purple heart, neither one of those really need uh, a whole lot of, well of course maple as well, need a whole lot of extra special care in terms of finishing or gluing because of any specific oil content. You okay. will find that um, bubinga and purple heart are very, very hard, very dense woods so it's going to be a little bit different than what you might be used to if you're you know using pine or poplar or whatever you might have used in the past so they're very dense really? woods yeah so they're going to dull your blades a little faster maybe require a little bit of extra pressure to push through your tools um but not entirely like a whole different animal it's just a little bit a little bit more you're going to know you're dealing with a little beefier material um now cocobolo is a little bit oily so um that along with some things like paduke, uh you know bloodwood Um, just some of the rosewood family woods, um, you know, those are all going to require a little bit of extra care. Um, Since they do have a higher oil content, you will have to be a little more careful. Uh, Let's go with gluing first. Now, some people don't necessarily believe, you know, there's a a couple different schools of thought. Some people think it's like a wives' tale that you have to wipe the surface oils off. For me, a fresh cut surface, freshly sanded, you could probably just glue it. If it's been sitting for a while, um, and a while being like overnight, I probably would give that joinery a little wipe of acetone or something, uh, lacquer thinner maybe, to remove any surface oil, and then proceed with my glue up. Now finishing, uh, you want to do you do have to be careful. If you just put uh, an oil based finish or a oil you know varnish mixture on top of that coca you're probably going to have a problem with curing because of the oil content leaching out of the wood and into your finish. It's never really going to harden up uh, sufficiently. It might just be sticky all the time. So the easiest thing to do is seal it. And the best thing for that that I find is de-waxed shellac. Okay, wow. So if you can spray or wipe on uh, a nice coat of maybe a one-pound cut or two-pound cut of shellac, that's actually going to effectively seal off those interior um excuse me, all of that oil that's uh, contained inside that wood and that goes for just about any naturally oily wood um, and just to be safe if you're not sure and you can't get definitive answers on Google just use shellac anyway because it's a decent sealer it's a great first coat before you start applying you know other types of finish over top of it so um, once you do that you know uh, you can use just about any finish you want to um, you know straight varnish whatever whatever makes you happy but that's uh, definitely something you do want to pay attention to because you don't want a sticky, you know, gooey mess on your hands. Nice. Yeah, and uh I think that uh that's probably it. I think that's all he asked, right? Uh,
0: oh, there was the one about the book. What book or resource uh, yes. would you recommend for the type of information on assorted wood types? Well, now, hmm. I, I can throw this one out there because I use it yeah. all the time. It's, this came in from Sterling Publishing, and I think I was supposed to give it away, but uh, you guys aren't getting this one, <laughs> which is uh, uh, Terry Porter put out a book called Wood Identification and Use. And this one is – it's really great. Not only does it have, like, you know, all the species broken down into – species <laughs> <laughs> and their <they're laughs> genus and everything. And then he breaks it down also into like locations in the world where you're more than likely to find these, which is a huge, ad, you know, a big thing when you're like, I've never heard of that species. Oh, well, there's why. It's only in, like, Australia if you live in the Northern Hemisphere, that kind of thing. Yeah, And on top of it, he also kind of goes into some of the properties of, you know, what to expect when working with the wood. You know, is it, is it really prone to, you know, uh, uh, movement? Right. What type of tools does it work with best? What kind of projects really work with the best kind of basically puts it into like one or two paragraphs on each one so that one i I definitely recommend it if you want to you know get really kind of really really in depth on them and like i said the pictures look really great and everything else i that's me i like the pictures and go ooh, pretty pretty wood look at that (laughs) right
1: does it have a whole lot in terms of geographical information um not just um u.s but uh you know basically internationally does it go into other foreign woods or
0: yeah, it it does. Uh, that's why I was just looking for it, and I was thinking I've got it right next to me, but I think right now it's being used to prop up our table upstairs. Uh, okay. We have a, a loose t- uh, uh table leg at the moment but yeah it does it actually does break it down because i remember at one point i think when i was working on one of the species of the month or something i try to remember which one it was if it was maple or something and that went into like the european uh like european maple and everything else and sycamore and then i know that there it goes into like the asian woods and all sorts of good stuff like that so it it does a good job of breaking it down to, to let you know where you can find them
1: now, the reason I asked too is because I just noticed there's another uh question in the inbox asking about wood identification resource, and we don't have a name uh we have their email address, and that's about it, but they asked about uh, uh they come into um a bunch of substantial pieces of lumber uh like four inch by four inch by six foot um from pallets and things like that that um seem to be from uh, says that they they come from Spain and India and he's trying to he or she is trying to find out what types of wood they are so Hopefully oh, yeah. that that'll be a good resource for uh, for that as well. I would know,
0: there, oh, I'm sorry. There's there's another uh, website that I just found the other day, and actually I think I might have mentioned this one. Um, I can't get into it now. There's something actually called the Hobbit House Inc. Dot com, and if I remember right, this huh. one really has a lot of uh full color picks and all sorts of stuff on there specifically uh it's really actually I should say it's, it's oriented specifically towards exotic woods. huh okay. And and I, I'm trying to get in on it now, but it's telling me I don't have access. Well hmm. you no know, well so anyways that's sucks to well, be you.
1: <laughs> yeah, it, it doesn't like me. Oh and um you know how about the what is it called the Wood Bible? I believe I I might even have that in the Wood Whisperer store is one of the books that we recommend. As- yeah, that sounds familiar. Uh, yeah, I mean, that thing is pretty cool. Full colored pictures and, uh, you know, everything you could possibly want to know about the properties of uh, that particular uh, species that you're looking at. So a um, couple of good books there. And I'm sure, you know, there's also a lot of info um, on the net. I know even Woodworkers Source, uh, a lumber dealer here in Phoenix, they've got a pretty good uh, website that has a lot of the species and and working characteristics and stuff. Um, even if it's stuff they don't sell, they seem to have this database uh, organized that's pretty cool. So... Uh, nice. you know, take a look around the net. You'll find some good stuff too. Absolutely. All right. Um, let me see if I could find one here. We've got a lot of responses that we haven't read through. Uh, so I don't want to pin- pick one of those because it might just be, uh, <laughs> hey, thanks for the answer type thing. So, let's right. pick one from Sam, and uh, it's from Sam's Woodworks. Okay. He's- I guess Sam is a, a dude. What do you think? Maybe? Uh, yeah. L- sounds, most likely a it sounds,
0: dude. I, I'm, I don't want to be chauvinistic here, but it seems like the large majority of us are guys. Uh, uh, yeah. Ladies, please, no hate mail. I love the ladies. <laughs> <L-L-L-Matt>.
1: bottom, line, <laughs> bottom line is it's uh, – I think like our survey that we had, had taken was like 95% male. So it's certainly predominant um, – Okay, he says, or she says, hi there, just wanted to say that I'm a man. No, just kidding. <laughs> uh, just wanted to say that the uh, Mini-Mite 3 is the best thing since Pinch Dogs. Um, for those who don't know, the mini is Fuji's new turbine sprayer offering. Um, previously, they had the Fuji, uh, the Fuji Q4 and Q3, which were uh, three and four stage turbines. And that's a, a standalone spraying unit, so you don't need a compressor. Typically it comes in a package with a gun, the hose, and basically what is a vacuum cleaner motor inside of this housing that you use that that blows the air through. So just to clarify that. And the minimite is their new one that's a little tiny guy. It's a little bit cheaper, much you know, same. I think it's got the same gun, but a, a better price because it's not as quiet. Uh okay. the the Fuji systems, the Q systems are super, super quiet, especially compared to, to other similarly priced units. Uh, the mini mite is basically the same thing. It's just not quiet at all. It seems like there's no effort to to, to make it quiet. So uh, he says it's the best thing since pinch dogs.
0: Ooh, wow! A, that that's a huge, you know, definitely. I, I love my pinch dogs. I can't what, give those up.
1: What's a pinch dog?
0: It's the ones. It's like it looks like a giant staple, and you put it at the end of the wood, and it kind of acts as a clamp. It. The further you drive it into the end, it pulls the boards together, so that you don't need you know clamps to. Hold the uh the two boards right. together when you're gluing up a wide panel.
1: See now I know what that is, and I would have called it a dingle hopper, but
0: <laughs> because I, I
1: but how that's pretty sad that I don't even know what that is. Shame on well, me.
0: The dingle hopper actually is the technical term for it. Uh, but, that might
1: be the Latin name.
0: Yeah, and, but unfortunately, you know, uncouth people like myself and apparently Sam here, we call them pinch dogs. Okay, <laughs> <laughs> you're so Uh
1: oh, Jeez, I can't even talk to you. Okay. All right. sure. So anyway, back to this email. Uh, I can't believe the finish I got from it. No fumes, no smell, no headache. And the water cleanup is unreal. I wonder what he used. He doesn't say uh, the noise is not so bad at all. Sounds like a clogged vacuum cleaner. I could li- <laughs> yeah. And you know what? Mine is loud enough that I still wear ear protection anyway. So you got to wonder how much difference uh, it makes. Uh, But he says he can live with it. He can only imagine, um, oh, he says, I can only imagine what your spraying system is like. I don't like the gun so much. Later when it's affordable, I'll purchase uh, a good one. Any advice? Well, you know, that's not that, uh, I was hoping for a question that would take longer to answer. Maybe we'll pick (laughs) another one. Um, But as far as a new gun, the thing is I actually have had a lot of luck with the Fuji. Um, you know the only other guns that I've really spent any kind of time with were were from a Binks system in my uh in my friend's um, refinishing shop, okay. and wow, I mean those things were top notch guns and they were fantastic and I was kind of spoiled by them. So anything other than that was kind of crappy. Right. Uh, and the Fuji gun that comes with that system, I thought that that was reasonable. Um, maybe they did change the gun that comes with the Mini Mite. Um, I would start by looking at the ones on you know the Fuji site and see if maybe their other guns are a little bit better than the one that comes with the Mini Mite. Um, I apologize for not knowing what comes with the one that you have, and okay. if that if that differs. So um, yeah, start I'm, I'm looking th- at
0: Amazon.com. Sorry to interrupt, but it looks no, like please. it's it, it, the one that they're showing with the Mini Three is a uh, looks like a gravity fed gun. Is that, is that oh the one is you're it? thinking of? No, yeah. no,
1: no. See the one that I have is the uh, what is it the siphon feed. Okay. Um so, you know, if if you're not fond of that, definitely hang on to it cuz there's times you're going to want that that gravity feed. It, it comes in handy in certain situations. Um but then look into the other uh Fuji gun that they have with the siphon feed gun and you get the big metal cans and everything. Those are really nice. I mean, I I can't say it's as good as the full-scale Bink system that I used before, but it was really good. I mean, <laughs> I can get a really nice finish with that gun. So, Okay. Um, take a look at that. And to be honest, beyond that, I don't have a whole lot of experience or knowledge of spraying guns and and, and one versus the next. I probably wouldn't I wouldn't necessarily buy Husky, you know, at at Home Depot, um, you know, (laughs) excuse me, unless they sell like a really high end one. But um, at the same time, you don't want to necessarily unnecessarily spend
0: a bunch of money. So, right. Well, what one do you have? You said you've used the Siphon one before or is that I have that one? Oh, okay yeah, yeah I've, I've never can. used the gravity fed one because whenever i look at the gravity one i know i have like a tendency to kind of and i know this is true with the siphon too if you kind of turn sideways for whatever reason you know how like when you're, you're yeah. in the middle of something and you quit thinking about it right i always I imagine the gravity feed one just dumping out the top <laughs> well <laughs> well the thing is the
1: gravity feed i mean obviously do we have a lid but it's it that's fine but you know, it tends to use up more of the finish before you lose. You know, before you actually start getting air sputtering in the mix. Ah, the okay. siphon feed tends to sputter before you're actually done. You know, and and is more sensitive to tilting like that. Whereas, you know, like like I said, the uh, gravity feed you can get away with tilting it a little bit more because you've always got the liquid right on top of where it needs to be. So in some cases, the gravity gun can actually provide a little bit of an uh, advantage, but. For most general purpose work, I really prefer the um, the the, the uh, siphon fed system. So gotcha. Okay. Yeah, so I'd recommend checking that out, and that's all the that's all the advice I can give because that's all the experience I have with it. Unfortunately.
0: <laughs> oh man. Yeah. You know? Well, I don't, I don't have much at all. I think the closest thing, as I mentioned once, I had like the little little critter which used the. Uh... Uh, the, the drinking glasses. Wait, no, the um, what do you call those? The gel glasses, the jelly glasses okay. you know, for like canning. And then you put that on there and then you sprayed it. And that was it. And that was essentially a very, very cheap and siphon one. But um, I think I probably got great could have gotten great results from it. But essentially, that's I over sprayed everything. And suddenly our garage had this really beautiful. Uh, stained look that my wife wanted for the entertainment center, not for the inside of the garage. Sure. Sure. So I <laughs> got nice. in a little bit of trouble for that one.
1: <laughs> nah, I bet. Um, all right. Uh, let's do one. Let You know what? Didn't we, didn't we answer a question for John before?
0: Yeah. Today. Yeah. I dust, think we... dust for brains. Is, yep. Is, is <laughs> How about you know this it? one? I I got one right here. Yeah. Go for it. Well, let's. Oh, yeah. We, look at that. He he could have almost got two in one. Cause I was he looking a double at that dip. one, too. No, I look like a good question, but we'll we'll answer it. Just not today. Right. <laughs> How about this one from uh, from Zach Higgins? He was asking about shaper cutters. Oh, OK. And I says, uh, hey, guys, I actually have a legitimate question this week. What you you had on illegitimate one earlier? Oh, I <laughs> right. have to look that one up. Nice. Uh, so, anyways, I recently saw a TV show on DIY that reintroduced me to shaper cutters that you use on a table saw. Now, since I haven't seen or heard much about them, I thought I would bring it to the experts for further info. So I am basically asking, what is your take on these things, and is there any advantage by using this setup over a router table? It seems like you could achieve the same results on the router table, but I wonder if the cutter used in the table saw setup could achieve more. Is it safer, or is it just another choice in tools and preference? Thanks for the quick access uh, you provide, as well as the fast response, broad coverage, uh, blah, blah, blah. blah. It's basically pumping our ego. So thank you, Zach. Oh, thank you. Okay, so uh, you know what? I have used these shaper cutters for the uh, for the table saw before. Um, I think they're called molding head cutters is the other term that a lot of people use with it. Okay. And uh, um, I happen to have one that not only do I have an ancient table saw, but I also happen to have an ancient molding head cutter that makes me so nervous when I put this on. I wonder why I even attempt to do anything with it. It's <laughs> It's literally like a bar of steel with yeah. two, like, screws at each end that hold the uh, um the cutters in place and so when i when i turn that on it's like one of those you ever like worried that you haven't tightened the bolt uh the the arbor nut to hold your blade in place and you kind of step aside waiting for the blade to shoot out right well that's what i do every time i turn this on but it takes me like five minutes before i get in front of it to start running anything through it
1: (laughs) wow geez that's pretty scary yeah
0: it is. It's it's really bad, and it's one of those you you have to make sure that you've you've got you know where everything is, so that you've got the proper setup and everything. I, you know, you, I can get decent results with it, but the one downside that I have with these molding head cutters, shaper cutters, whatever you want to call them, is the fact that. You're really talking about like an edge profile, or like putting some fluting down the length of a board. Mm-hmm. Unlike with a router table or a, a, a shaper, you really you're really kind of limited on what you can do with it. You have to really kind of get creative. Especially like, let's say you've decided that you want to put a round over on a very large uh, tabletop, and you didn't think about it ahead of time, so you didn't like um shape the uh the the pieces that are going to be on each end of the of, of the tabletop well mm-hmm. now you got to figure out how to try and balance this thing on top of the table saw in order to get that effect so you can kind of see where there is some limitations to this yeah but if you are going to run let's say you're making your own um like uh a, a, um molding around the house or something or you're making like a, a long run of molding for like picture frames or whatever you have there there is some benefit to this because you've got the larger tabletop for the, the uh the saw. A lot of times you might have a little bit more powerful saw, so you may be able to, you know, uh, run it a little bit harder without worrying about wearing down the motor. You know, stuff like that. You might have better accessories that would work out with it. But sure. in most situations I found that mm, not not as beneficial as it seems like it should be. Hmm. So. You know, he.
1: When I first uh, saw that email come in, I actually asked him just for confirmation. Could you send me some links of what you're talking about? Because, you know, at first I thought he was talking about a shaper versus router table kind of traditional debate, and then he started saying specifically table saw shaper cutters. And honestly, I mean, I haven't had a whole lot of experience with those at all. Okay. Um, you know, so I was I was a very it was very foreign to me. So I know nothing about that, and and you know the safety implications and. You know, anything that might go along with that. So I was I'm I'm glad, you know, a little something about it because I've I've never really used them before.
0: Oh, yeah. I remember when I when I was getting when I was stealing, I mean, taking the soft, uh, getting (laughs) the soft, my grandfather. That was it was this one thing on the wall. I'm like, hey, what's that over there? And can I have it? And yeah, yeah. (laughs) I was like, oh, yeah, that's this uh, molding head thing. I I never used it. Well, I've discovered there's a lot of things that he never used because he didn't know what they were, actually. Oh, yeah. And so, but I know that they still make them and I, I've like seen it like at Sears and stuff and they've got a ton of different shapes. A lot of them, say, like I said, it's... I remember yeah. when
1: I used to spend a lot of time in the in the craftsman section, I saw some stuff back there very early on when I started woodworking and I, I used to look at that going, oh, that's kind of neat looking, but never really knew what it was and never thought about it again since that time. So...
0: Yeah, you know, and, and unfortunately, like I said, unless it's one of those long runs or something, I, I just don't see the, the benefit of it. I'm sure now that I said it, it'll be suddenly be like, one of those things like oh yeah i did use this for that and yeah. stuff but i wonder it if definitely anybody else
1: t- uses them i mean that that'd be interesting to find out because obviously just because i don't use it or just because you don't use it that often you know someone else may use it all the time in their shop so I'm, i'd be curious to hear if anybody knows anything about it or uses it a lot speak up i'd be um, curious to uh, actually give that information to uh to zach so we can make a good decision on that
0: yeah, absolutely. I'd love to hear some more about it too. Yeah, and maybe give me some more ideas on how to use mine or find somebody who wants to buy it. Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yes. All right. Well, I think at that point,
1: uh, since we're like completely disorganized today, uh, mm-hmm. we will um, have some mercy on on our listeners and uh, move along <laughs> here. Um, yeah. No kidding. Want, oh, I have a, a. You know what? Let me get my announcements really quick, since they're technically not even for this show, but I'm going to announce them anyway. Okay. Um, cool. Uh, before we do the big bandsaw blade announcement. So we have, of course, the Festool giveaway uh, where we give away the ETS-125 5-inch random orbit Sander from Festool. Uh, We announced that winner today and his name is Roger Fitzsimmons. Congratulations, Roger! Wait a minute, I thought it was Matt
0: Vanderlist. Oh Uh,
1: no, that's next month. Oh, (laughs) Um, (laughs) Oh, sorry. (laughs) And Rogers from Georgia, and we will be posting his information, or you know, posting that he's a winner on the Wood Whisperer tonight as well. Um, This actually will probably be released after I do that. But uh, we also have Mark Jacobs as a winner of the Wood Whisperer monthly giveaway, and this month it's that hundred and fifty dollar gift certificate for a tool crib. Uh, dot com,
0: which is wow
1: freaking awesome that's, that's nice <laughs>
0: congratulations mark i mean yeah. well mark jacobs and to you mark for being able to give that away <laughs>
1: yes yes so hopefully i think uh toll toll cribs uh enjoyed the the response that they got from that so hopefully we will continue to do that in the future so nice on to the big uh finale here who's All our right. uh who's our lucky winner
0: Okay, well, we went ahead and drew the name before we came on the air, as mm-hmm. we call it on the air. And <laughs> this month's lucky winner of a fantastic wood shaper uh, or a wood slicer, resaw we, we bandsaw <laughs> blade. Wow, you can definitely tell that we are not working from a script today. <laughs> yeah, today's not that little, we ever do before, but <laughs> we
1: have a little guideline at least today. We're completely disorganized. There's people running around the house, and uh, we're arguing in the office. It's great.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's a lot of fun today. It's a, it's a good insight into what really happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Okay, so this month's uh, Highland Woodworking Slicer Resaw Bandsaw Blades winner is Dan Messina. And I didn't see if, uh, I don't think Dan said where he was from, but congratulations, Dan. You are this month's uh, winner. I'm going to get a hold of you and make sure that your name will be posted in the show notes. And I will try to get a hold of you as soon as possible. And, uh, yeah, it looks like he says here he's definitely needs, he's used to one before and he's been very, very happy with it. Oh, good. And, uh well, oh, wow! Look, he says he's worked with uh, wide pieces of bloodwood as well as other common hardwoods. He's gotten great results from it. So, bloodwood. Uh, yeah, that's that sounds something like you know, like from Vlad the Impaler or something. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, bloodwood is pretty interesting stuff. It's re- it's like it's almost like Paduke in a way, but it's really, really just deep, dark Merlot kind of red. It's it's kind of a cool wood.
0: Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, yeah good stuff. Sweet.
1: So, well, congratulations to him, and thank you to, uh, to Highland Woodworking for supplying the blade and uh, playing along with our little game that we call Wood Talk Online.
0: That's right. And thank all of you for uh, showing up for it. Remember, if you didn't win this month, we're going to have another drawing unless Highland Woodworking says, ah, you guys are out of there. (laughs) Yeah, they withdraw. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, So you can uh, get your name in, if you haven't done already, uh, at wtopromo at gmail.com. And once you enter, you don't need to enter every single month. One entry is all you need until you either win uh, one of these blades or, like we said, Highland Woodworking comes in and pulls the plug on the whole thing. (laughs)
1: Absolutely. And same thing with the uh, Wood Whisperer Contest as well for the Festool contest, you have to go to our uh, entry page and put your entry in there. Now, that does not uh, count if you if you entered last month. Every month has a different question and you have to answer that challenge question and put your uh, your name and everything in there. It's a pain in the butt, but it's a good prize. Um, the other one is the Wood Whisperer giveaways and those work exactly like the Wood Talk Online giveaways. So once you're in, you're in. No need to send two, three, four, and five like we sometimes get from the same person. So
0: Right. Absolutely. And the same thing over at Matt's Basement Workshop Podcast. Since we're throwing all these promotions out, enter over there and just let me know you want to enter for swag and you're in for life. Swag all
1: over the place, man. What are we doing? This is crazy. That's right. We, gotta,
0: we need to start keeping some of this great stuff for ourselves. <laughs> oh, wait. No, no, that's not right. I, got, I don't have that much room, and my wife will start yelling at me. <laughs> yeah, no kidding. No kidding.
1: All right. Well, I think we're going to call it quits before we really screw something up, and um, you know, we'll be back again soon. This is not like a real full official episode, so we'll, we'll probably be back um, – I don't know. Maybe we'll get together uh, on Sunday or something and do another show.
0: Absolutely. We'll give you guys a real true show with the uh, true showmanship that we have and our expertise and all that good stuff. You got it. <laughs> That's it. Sweet. Right. We'll talk to you all later. Yep. Take care. Bye. Okay. You're listening to Wood Talk Online. I don't know your line.
1: Podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers.
0: Okay. Why don't you say that? With you? Yeah.
1: Because I talk afterwards. It's supposed to be like the hot chick intro. Like, hey, look at me. Hot chick.
0: Whatever. You're listening to Wood Talk Online. i can't remember (laughs) write it down podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers that doesn't sound right a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers a podcast for woodworkers by woodworkers and the biggest tool of them all my husband mark